Hello my friends, welcome back to Gardo Goes Geek. Today I just want to do another quick little review for one of my favourite franchises that I have not spoken about yet on this channel. Um, so if you're familiar with my banner image, there may have prepped out to you one thing there that I've not spoken about that much, and it is one of my top three franchises, which is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Today, the 30th anniversary uh, special uh, dropped on Netflix for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The actual anniversary is later this year, and I will be doing a whole podcast episode on the lore of the entire franchise um, and doing a sort of a deep dive on that then. Um, but I just wanted to discuss and review this special. So stick with me. I hope you'll enjoy it. I've been a fan of Power Rangers since it came out, really. It came out when I was seven. Um, I have been following it pretty much ever since. I, you know, it was it was a sensation when it came out. I was caught up in the waves of Power Rangers mania, um, which, you know, similar to Turtle Mania a few years beforehand, you know, it was just this huge, enormous wave to get swept up on. Everyone was talking about this show. Everyone watched Power Rangers. Like, girls watch Power Rangers, boys watch Power Rangers. Uh, I even knew some adults who watch Power Rangers. Power Rangers was um, incredible. And, you know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, when it first came out, it was like nothing else on British or American television. Um, you know, it was these these amazing rubber-suited monsters fighting spandex-clad heroes in live action with explosions and stunts and wire work. And there were giant robots that looked like dinosaurs that would come together and form a Megazord. And, you know, it had this kick-ass rock and metal soundtrack. It was incredible. Um, and it blew me away. And I've been in love with the franchise Ever since, I've even gone back to and looked at its its origins as the Japanese Super Sentai franchise. Uh, I still think of the two, I tend to prefer Power Rangers over Super Sentai, um, just because I don't know. For, there's just a lot of things that about Power Rangers that I think I, I think it's how they've adapted it. It just fits a bit better for me, and I love the lore that's been added to Power Rangers Super Sentai. Each season is very standalone, very self-contained, um, barring the odd crossover movie, whereas Power Rangers has a lore to it. And in recent years especially, they've they've tried very hard to try and keep everything connected, um, both with the new comics and some stuff in the TV show, which I will be talking about. And some of that is also in this um, you know, this Power Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always special. So, you know, if you're aware of the lore of Power Rangers, if you've followed, um, you know, the other shows throughout the years, throughout the different eras of Power Rangers, you may catch some of the references here. Um, you know, there's references to other planets, there's references to, um, evil space empires there's references to other rangers even um you know all beyond the mighty morphin team but still with that said this is a special dedicated to the mighty morphin power rangers and 
Mighty Morphin Power Rangers ran for it was you know it's the first iteration of the show. It ran for three years before it had a full on change, and as part of those three years, it had uh, an evolving cast. Like certain members of the cast came and went um, throughout the years. Um, some under good circumstances, some under not so good circumstances, which is, it is a shame. Um, I'm not going to say that any of the Power Rangers have ever been stellar actors, um, but they are all more than capable in the roles and they are good enough. And their, their, um, their physicality that they bring to their roles is what made them Rangers. And yet... You know, they were kids who were overworked and not very well paid. And while I love what came out of Power Rangers, I fully admit they should have been treated a lot better. Like, this was a franchise that was making bank in its heyday, and these were kids who could have gotten just as much money working at McDonald's for less work. So, you know... Three of the original Power Rangers, Jason, Trini, and Zach, um, they're actors, uh, Austin St. John, uh, Thuy Trang, and Walter Jones, they all left the show um, due to due to the pay disputes, uh, especially with the upcoming movie uh, in 1995. Um, so they left the show sort of 1994 and were replaced by the characters of Rocky, Adam, and Aisha, who were played by Steve Cardenas, Johnny Young Bosch, who went on to have an amazing uh, voice career in anime, and um, Karen Ashley. Um, they weren't the only Rangers that changed as well towards the um, end of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers' third season. Um, Amy Jo Johnson, who played Kimberly, um, the Pink Ranger, she was replaced with Catherine Sutherland, uh, who played the second Pink Ranger. Um, David Yost, the Blue Ranger, and Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger Tommy, they stayed um, throughout the run of Mighty Morphin. Tommy changed his powers. Um, he went from the Green Ranger to the White Ranger. And while a lot of people remember him as the Green Ranger, um, he was actually the White Ranger for longer um, in terms of the episode count for the Mighty Morphin. He was he was White Ranger for a lot longer. Um but I think the Green Ranger was just a bit more iconic with that awesome dragon shield and, um, you know, his his debut appearance where he's evil and manages to beat all the team of Rangers single-handedly. Now, David Yost, who played Billy, the Blue Ranger, he did actually leave the show um, the following year after it had its first major overhaul. Um the Sentai series that it takes its fight footage from um, changes its cast every single year. Um, and so for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the first season took its Zord and monster footage from a series called um, Kyuru Sentai Zhu Ranger, um, which aired the year before. It was aired in 1992. Um, then the second season, which saw the introduction of the Thunder Zords, that took its fight, its Zord and fight footage, um, well, Zord footage, um, from a show called Gosei Sentai Dai Ranger, which it aired in 1993. However, they kept the suit design the same. Sentai changes its suits as well as the Zords and monsters every single year. Um, with Power Rangers, they kept the suit designs for the Power Rangers, with the exception of 
Tommy, who went from the green suit to the white suit. The white suit actually came from Die Ranger. And they kept that in Power Rangers because it kind of fit with the team aesthetic. Um, whereas the other Die Ranger suits were just a bit too different. It was mainly done for uh, you know, brand identity in the early days of the franchise. Um, you know, the, the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers have been so popular that they even ordered more zoo footage, zoo ranger footage from Japan, from the Toei company. And the Toei company accepted. They made them like 40 episodes more footage. Um, after after they'd already burned through the first 50 episodes worth of footage. So, yeah, they, they created new monsters for them. There's a whole range of monsters that are just called the Jutu monsters. Um, so, yeah, that's 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 a whole thing. And I will get into that when I do the 30th anniversary special. Um, but, yeah, with the fourth season of the show, because obviously... Only the Zord footage was coming from Sentai. By the third season, it was um, uh, Ninja Sentai Kakaranger. Um, so by by then, only the Zord and monster footage was coming from the Sentai. Um, so first of all, they did what they called the Alien Rangers story arc, where they had the children de-aged to children. Uh, sorry, the children. The Rangers de-aged to children and replaced with a group of alien rangers from another planet who used the suits from Kaku Ranger. And then that led into uh, Power Rangers Zeo, which was the first time that Power Rangers ever replaced the suits. And they replaced the suits, they changed the title music, they changed the, the tone of the show, the layout of the show, everything. And one of the things that meant is that, you know, at the end of Power Rangers Season 3, there were six Rangers. Um, by the time it starts Zeo, the team's back to five, which means Billy had to, had to step down. Now, at this point, Billy was the last remaining original Ranger. Obviously, uh, Jason David Frank's Tommy was still there. He became the new Red Ranger, but he was not an original ranger. The only one of the five original rangers left was David Yost. And he became, Billy ended up becoming sort of their, the Power Rangers man in the chair. Um, you know, he'd work with Zordon and Alpha to kind of help them and develop new weapons for them and things like that. And it was a great role for the character, um, but it did feel like a step down for him as a hero. Um, the... However, David Yost is also uh, an out homosexual man, and he revealed um, years later that he was actually um, suffering quite significant homophobia on the set of Power Rangers, and this led to him leaving the show, like literally to the point he apparently just walked off set one day. He was he was done. He was gone. Um, he had no interest in coming back. He's never actually spoken about who it was that was targeting him with this homophobia. Um, presumably, um, judging by the relationships he's had with cast members since, it wasn't one of them. Or if it was, they've apologized and made amends for it, um, which would lend credence to the fact that it's probably a producer. Um because, you know, he's done con convention appearances and stuff with all of the other Rangers at some point over the years. So I highly doubt it's any of them. However, um, you know, this led to him leaving the show and Billy being written out. 
Now, why am I telling you all of this when I'm supposed to be talking about the 30th anniversary special? Well, it's because this 30th anniversary special wasn't able to reunite the original five Power Rangers. And one of the biggest reasons why it couldn't reunite the original five Power Rangers is that Thuy Trang, who played Trini, died in September 2001. And this episode, while showing that the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers team is still together, um, and so that's how they use, that's the, the impetus they use to bring back Billy and Zack, um, they fight a new threat. And the new threat they fight is a robotic version of Rita Repulsa, um, the original Power Rangers villain. And in the opening moments of this show, not you know, this isn't too much of a spoiler, this is also in the trailer. In the opening moments of this this special, she kills Trini. So on screen, the character of Trini is killed. Now Power Rangers is ostensibly a superhero show. However, it is very, very rare that they've killed a character. Sentai has had several Rangers die over the years. And in fact, um, Zhu Ranger, the show that led to its footage in the original Power Rangers, the Green Ranger in that died. However, they didn't do that with Tommy because of how popular he was. But um, they have had some Power Rangers die. The most notable one is uh, a character called Kendrix, the pink ranger in Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. The actress had to leave the show to undergo leukemia treatment. Um, But they did bring her back in the final episode. They revealed that she was still alive or had been reborn. And so this, this makes Trini the first ranger to canonically die. And not only does she canonically die, we're introduced to her daughter, Min, who is played by Charlie Kirsch. And, you know, when she learns what happened to her mother and she learns about the Power Rangers and everything about them, all this secret history for her mother and and her friends that she didn't know. And it's good. It's... It, this is still very much Power Rangers. Like, this is child-friendly. Um, you know, Power Rangers has... Power Rangers has lost a lot of its edge over recent years. Um, it's not as dramatic as it what is it used to be. There's a lot of edits made on the Sentai footage um, to keep it more sort of child-friendly, child-focused. Um, you know, there were obviously all these complaints back in the 90s about the violence level in Power Rangers... But this is a different kind of darkness. This is showing that Power Rangers can do a mature story by handling grief and loss. And it does it in a way that's very folk, very fast. Like this is this is still a Power Rangers show. Things keep moving. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of scenes and things going on. The story is constantly moving. And this is a big disaster special of a Power Rangers show. Like, you know, this is the equivalent of, like, one of the big season finales or 
or one of the crossovers or something like that. This is a, a big episode. But that doesn't mean it's not telling a more mature storyline. You know, seeing that Min has lost her mother, seeing that she wants to prove herself, that she wants to take up the mantle of Trini and fight as a Power Ranger to get revenge on Rita. That's a great story arc. It is a great story arc. And I'm not going to say that this is going to be anything amazing. It's not going to blow you away. The story is predictable enough. If If you've ever seen Power Rangers, the story is predictable enough. And you kind of get where everything's going. That doesn't mean that it's not good. There are a lot of very nice character moments in this. A lot of really great touches that show just how good this is. And like I said, Zach and um, Billy come back. Um, Trini, Kimberly, Jason and Tommy are all heard in archive footage and scene in archive footage at the very end. And in fact, the the final credits tribute not just to Trang, but also the recent loss of Jason David Frank, who, um, you know, um, yeah, who died last year by suicide. Um, and you know that. Even the very title of this this show, it comes from a tagline in Power Rangers, which is once a once a ranger, always a ranger. And you know, I've spoken before when I spoke about how um, you know, why are you watching that? It's just a kid's show. Um you know, it was only made to sell toys. Power Rangers was only made to sell toys. That doesn't mean that it doesn't have an impact on me, that it doesn't that I can't feel something from it. And I feel something from this. Not just nostalgia. Not just nostalgia. There is nostalgia at play. I'm not going to lie. There are huge parts of this where I was just sat with a gigantic face of childlike glee. And for a large part of this episode, I was seven, eight years old again without a care in the world just wanting to watch the newest episode of Power Rangers. And I loved it. But more than that, this is also a very intelligent Power Rangers story, a very mature Power Rangers story, without being violent or, well, overly violent. Um, or or bloody, or gory, or swearing, or having sex, or doing any of the stupid things that the the Adi Shankar video did um, years ago, the Power Slash Rangers thing with Katie Sackhoff and Jason Vanderbeek. I hated that. Absolutely hated it. That wasn't Power Rangers to me. This is Power Rangers. This is mature Power Rangers. This is what I want Power Rangers to be. This level of storytelling and yeah it's good killing a ranger using 
you know, I'm not I'm not going to make a comparison that it's anywhere on the quality of this, but this is similar to Wakanda Forever in some respects, in the way that Wakanda Forever was a story written about grief for the actors to exercise their grief through the medium of the story. It's a bit different here because obviously the Thuy Trang's passing was nowhere near as close as Chadwick Boseman's was. Chadwick Boseman's only died a few years ago. Thuy Trang has been dead for two decades. But, and obviously uh, Jason David Frank was still alive when they filmed it. But for the actors involved, you know, David Yost and Walter Jones especially, they were her friends. You know, they fought with her for, you know, the the actors, you know, they played this role with her for years. You know, and the Power Rangers worked hard. They worked long hours, long days. And so I get the feeling there's some sort of, there's a lot of catharsis and pathos and emotional weight to the story that they're telling here. And yeah, and, and this is, it's a good little thing. And I think if you, if you're like me, if you grew up watching Power Rangers, um, I think you'll enjoy it. I really do. I really do think you will enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. And, you know, I might do a little bit of a spoiler discussion in a minute, but yeah, if you've, if you've, it, it's really fresh. It's really new. I'm hoping it does really well. And also, this is a completely American-made... Well, American-made. It's filmed in New Zealand now. But a completely Western-made Power Rangers production. There is no Sentai footage in this. The Zord footage is CGI. The suit footage is all American-made. All Western-made. Um, And it looks good. Like, it looks really good. And I, I get the feeling that Power Rangers is moving away from being reliant on Sentai footage and trying to do more of its own stuff. And if this is an indication of where things are going, then I've got to admit, I'm very excited for Cosmic Fury later this year. I'm very excited for whatever they announce next year. I think there's a lot of potential here. I really do. So, yeah. Um, I, I realised I went from, from a more critical review... To, well, I went from like giving you the lore of the Power Rangers, then doing a more critical review, to then just gushing and being emotional. Um, I've also just watched Doctor Who um, for the you know an upcoming episode, and I've just ended up watching the season four finale again, which really makes me emotional. So between once and always and that, yeah, just a bit raw at the minute. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this is a lot of fun. And there's there's rangers here that you're seeing together that we've not seen before. 
like Rocky and Zach and Cat are all on the team because you know yeah the main the main rangers on this team are Rocky, Cat, Billy and Zach and Billy and Zach get an awful lot of cool stuff to do. Um <laughs> so if you like those characters as well this is an episode that mainly focuses on them and new character Min. So yeah, hopefully you'll like it. But yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit of spoiler stuff or a little bit of more plot-related stuff. Because like I said, all the Trini stuff, that was kind of revealed in the trailer. You got that tone from the trailer, so I've not really spoiled anything with that. But if you're after, if you want to stay away from like big plot spoilers, anything that's beyond the trailers, I'm going to discuss in a minute. So yeah, go and watch it. Let me know what you think about it. Let me know if you're a Power Rangers fan. If you are a Power Rangers fan... What series of Power Rangers was your first? What one did you grow up watching? That's what I want to know, because I've seen pretty much all of them at this point. Not every episode, but I've seen at least something from every series. So I have an idea of what Power Rangers I like and don't. So I'd be very interested to see who everyone's favorite Power Ranger is. So a little discussion on the spoilers. Um, Good and bad um because there are some some things i was a bit like eh, i'm i'm not sure about that okay so first of all um rita the the the, 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 uh, the special starts in media res so um billy is already fighting robo rita who's got a small force of putties around her um attacking billy and he morphs and fights back, and then the other rangers beam in to help him. So, um, you know, Trini, Tommy, Jason, Kimberly, and Zach, and they're all there to help him. Okay? Um, he fights Rita. Like, the the special is very much focused on Billy. Billy and Zach, definitely. And I love that. Um, like I said, the way David Yost left this show hurts. Like, I think it's awful. His... His final episode, I mean, the, the of the original five Rangers, the only one who gets a decent finale is Kimberly. And that is simply because Amy Jo Johnson made the decision to leave in enough time and left on good terms in enough time that they were able to write her out and replace her with Catherine Sutherland properly. Meanwhile, um, Austin St. John, Tui Trang, and Walter Jones left due to a pay dispute. They were immediately replaced by the new actors. The new actors came in not as rangers, but as other characters who were who coincidentally all wore red, yellow, and black. Coincidentally, just the same colours as the rangers that they were replacing. They shot new scenes in their episodes with the actors who played... Um, uh, Tommy, Kimberly, Billy, and Comic Relief, Bulk and Skull, uh, Jason Narvi and Paul Schreier. Um, and that that was that was how they filled their footage. And then the other rangers all used archive footage or badly dubbed um, you know, stand-ins um over long shots and and things like that. And it was rough. Um, like some bits, some bits worked, some bits were really rough and like they, the comics did a really good job of addressing it in, in recent years. And they came up with a reason why they were leaving. 
And but yeah, after a few episodes, uh, the Rangers did this quest to get this sword so that they could duplicate the powers, um, so that Jason, Trini, and Zach could all leave and go to a peace conference, and um, Rocky, Adam, and Aisha could become Power Rangers, and then the show just went on from there. Um, and then, like I said, Billy David Yost ended up leaving the set due to horrible homophobic abuse that he suffered on set. Um, and, you know, presumably this had been happening for a while, and it just got to the point where he he had enough and walked. And I think that's a shame. I think it's horrible. Um, you know, even in 1996, that's terrible. Um, like, we knew better in 1996, for God's sake. And so, yeah, although saying that some parts of America don't even know that no better now. So, um, so yeah, that was that was what happened. And so this this episode focusing so much on Billy and Zach, both of whom are back, really works for me. Um, Amy Jo Johnson didn't return for the special. She hasn't really given her reasons why. Um, I think it was mainly. Um, a pay dispute. She would have had to to fly off to New Zealand to film for a few weeks. Um, you know, she's a she's a working actor, director, writer. She's got other stuff going on. So, uh, plus, you know, a family. So she might not have wanted to uproot herself and leave. Um, so it's understandable. Uh, it's a shame, but it's understandable. Um, Austin St. John had uh, recently been arrested. Um, for, I've forgotten what for. I don't think it was major. There have been some Power Rangers actors who have been arrested for uh, major things, um, which I'll probably discuss when I do my Power Rangers retrospective. Um, but yeah, it, it meant he couldn't fly out of the country, um, so he was unable to come back. Um, Jason David Frank was stepping away from Power Rangers. He'd done most of the recent anniversaries, including the 20th and 25th anniversaries, though, so... Um, I don't mind not having him here. The reason he was stepping away is because he's doing a uh, Power Rangers-inspired fan film with some other Power Rangers actors called uh, Legend of the White Dragon, which is due out later this year on his uh, 50th birthday. Um, and that's being done with the uh, production company Bat in the Sun, who started on YouTube. They did uh, uh, superhero death battles. Um and, you know, he's worked with them a few times. He's a big fan of theirs. They're a fan of his. They've worked together a few times. So they, they did that through Kickstarter and so on. And I was a bit initially a bit about it, but seeing the latest trailers that have gone out, it looks more interesting than I perhaps gave it credit for. And it's got David Ramsey in it, who played Diggle in the Arrowverse, who I really like. So I'm intrigued. Um... You know, I'm hoping it's it's more because it looks quite dark and mature as well, and I'm hoping it's um, you know more more like Once and Always than it is like Power Slash Rangers. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, so obviously he didn't come back for this either. So and Tui Trang obviously couldn't. Um, so the episode's dedicated to her, and so yeah, focusing on. Zach and Billy, I think, is the right idea. Now, Rita kills Trini and then disappears for a year. Like, it jumps a year forward in the timeline. And Min's gone on to train herself 
um you know she's she's ready to fight and then as they go to trini's grave for the anniversary rita returns and attacks with two monsters uh robo snizzard and robo minotaur now snizzard in the original show was voiced by brian cranston that's my fun little uh fact which is why billy uh has the surname cranston he's named after him um so yeah fun fact for you for the day this is why brian cranston came back to um play zordon in the power rangers 2017 movie now i think that one year time jump is a bit bizarre i'm not sure why it's uh all of a sudden just like boom one year later um i think it's so that there's enough distance that min's not instantly grieving and um so that she can train which makes sense um but yeah it, it feels bizarre i mean happened so quick and it, you know implying that rita's been around for a year just not doing anything um but this is because rita has this big plan of attack so she captures using snizzard she captures uh tommy kimberly and jason and you know in their morphed forms they're captured and put in this machine that's draining their energy and that means that billy um has to bring in more help and we we learn that billy was actually trying to bring back zordon now zordon was the founder of the power rangers and the first as the power rangers has this ongoing continuity and that was never more true than in the first six years so the sixth season of power rangers which is power rangers in space ended with zordon dying um there was a, a united alliance of evil that was spreading across the galaxy and the only way to defeat them was for the energy in zordon's energy tube to be released which would sort of purge the evil however in doing so it would also kill zordon and Zordon asked the Red Ranger of that season, Andros, to sacrifice him to do it. And so Zordon died, and this Z-wave went across the galaxy. That's a fan term, by the way, but it's actually used here for the first time in canon. Um, so yeah, the Z-wave went across the galaxy. It purified uh, certain villains and outright killed others. So um, villains like Goldar... Um, you know, was were completely destroyed. Meanwhile, uh, villains like Lord Zed, Rita Repulsa, and Astronomer, who was the main season villain for In Space, were all purified and made human again. And I think um, that's probably because they had a human face. Like, they were all human, acted by people, with the exception of Lord Zed, but Zed and Rita were married, so I don't think they wanted to kill Zed and keep Rita. And... Yeah, I think I think that's maybe why they would have done it, like not wanting to kill villains with faces on a kids show. I get it. I think it's a bit silly, but I get it. Um, but yeah, it was quite cool. So basically, it turns out that a year ago, Billy was trying to br focus on the Z-wave particles across the galaxy to bring back Zordon. And instead, brought back Rita's evil essence. And Rita's evil essence possessed uh, Alpha 8, 
who was the Alpha 5 was the original assistant from Mighty Morphin. There's been six and seven over the years. So this was Alpha 8. This was Billy's assistant. He gets possessed by Rita, who turns him into Robo Rita. And now um, Billy, Zach, Alpha 9, um, you know, they're, they're dealing with the situation when all of a sudden Rita attacks. There are putties everywhere. It's a full-on worldwide attack. So they activate um, a Bandora protocol, which I think is great because Bandora is the name of the villainess um, that Rita shares the her likeness with in Zhu Ranger. And Alpha activates teams of Rangers all over the globe. So every other Power Rangers team is active. Um, and Alpha's kind of coordinating the response, which is great. Love it. Others are still, like I said, very much focused on the Mighty Morphin team. And what they do is they bring in Cat and Rocky to take over the red and pink power coins um, to fight with Zack and Billy. And, you know, um, Min gets the yellow morpher and she tries to morph a couple of times with it and is unsuccessful. And the reason being that, you know, she's got vengeance in her heart, basically. She's not learning. She's not approaching the power from the right place um because zordon had rules on being a power ranger way back in the day and it was the you know never escalate a fight um you know unnecessarily and that's what min's trying to do she's trying to outright fight and kill rita um and her forces and the morphing grid isn't letting her doing that and yeah, I, I don't know. It's just nice. I I like that that aspect of the story. I think it's a good life lesson for kids as well. Um, even though none of it's explicitly spelled out, it's all you have to infer it based on everything that's going on. And I think people will. I think kids will. You know, you'll see why she can't morph because what lets her morph at the end is an act of sacrifice. She tries to save Billy in the exact same way that her mother did. And the Morpha protects her, and she survives. So yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, and so yeah, we, and we also see two of the other Rangers as well. We see Adam and uh, Adam and Aisha, who in this are now part of um, well, an organization called SBA. Now, obviously, there was a Power Rangers SPD that came out in two thousand and five. But SPD was set in 2025, which is obviously now in the real world, a couple of years away, and was on a world in the future where aliens were everywhere. Like, aliens lived on Earth with humanity. And aliens have been a big thing in Power Rangers throughout the years. So this is kind of implying that Adam and Aisha possibly helped found that organization, which I like. So they don't reappear as rangers, but they do reappear. They get a couple of... You know, they're the only ones apart from the main four that do appear i like that and so yeah everything goes the way you expect it ends with a, a massive fight with the dinosaurs come back there's the megazord um min gets to morph and become the new yellow ranger she teams up with billy billy is properly taking the lead like he is leading this team of rangers zach leads them as well but then zach was always kind of the deputy leader of the power rangers but seeing Billy, for example, front seat in the Megazord, that was awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved Tommy and Jason when I was a kid. But if I was any of the Rangers, I was Billy. I was I was a dork. <laughs> you know, I was a nerd. 
So seeing him in the center seat of the Megazord, piloting the thing, leading the team of Power Rangers, that's awesome. And yeah, um, and like I said, there's there's some really nice character moments in this. Um, the the denouement towards the end, the the breakdown after the big final battle. There's some really nice moments there, really nice, really sweet character moments. That I don't want to spoil too much. Um, and you know, the voices, the acting, they're all really good. Um, and the music as well. They brought Ron Wasserman back for the music. Oh. I forgot how good that original Power... Well, I didn't forget. I know how good that original Power Rangers theme song is. It's on my Spotify playlist. It's one of my most listened to songs. But Ron Wasserman is awesome. It was so good. His his music was something that made Power Rangers for me, especially in Season 2 where he made a whole load more songs that played over the battle sequences. Oh, they were incredible. Um, And so, yeah, and, and the voices like Richard Stephen Horvitz comes back as Alpha... Um, Barbara Goodson comes back as Rita Repulsa. It, it's just good. This is good. It's so much fun. I had a lot, a lot of fun with this, and yeah, I I really recommend it. And you know, the the CGI isn't always perfect. The stunt sequences aren't always amazing. Yes, it moves at a really breakneck pace, especially at the start. Like things move really quickly, but the central story is good. The character dynamics are good. And, you know, if you're someone who's grown up with this show, maybe if you haven't even watched it in years, but you're, like, vaguely aware of it, there's tons of references to things. And those references, if you like this, those references might make you go, oh, there's more Power Rangers out there. Maybe I'll check some of that out. And you could it wouldn't hurt there some of the things being referenced are really good like there is a lot of good power rangers it's far more good power rangers than there is bad power rangers there's a lot of filler sure like some of those seasons are like 40 episodes like the original mighty morphin power rangers is 60 episodes for the first season alone that's a lot not everyone is amazing not everyone is this important plot episode some of it is just filler but it's still fun. And you can have a lot of fun watching it. So yeah, Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always. I think it's good. I think it's really good. I think there's a lot of fun to be had here. And yeah, I recommend it. So yeah, go and check it out. And just finally to say, like I said, uh, I will be coming back to Power Rangers later this year. I'm, like I said, it's the 30th anniversary of Power Rangers this year. I love this franchise, all its ups and its downs. Um, So I will be coming back to it. I'm going to be discussing an episode, hopefully around about August. The anniversary is August 29th. Um, I can't guarantee I'll have it out by then, but hopefully around then. And... Yeah, um, I'm very much looking forward to the new series off the back of this, and I'll probably be discussing more of the franchise then. So things like the comics um, from Boom Studios, which are out at the minute and are amazing if you've not checked them out, 
go and have a look. Some of them are really good. Um, or, and then some of the other seasons that, you know, get referenced in Once and Always. So, you know, maybe you might want to check that out if you're interested. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my thoughts on Once and Always. Until next time, you will look after yourselves. There'll probably be more reviews dropping as I slowly work my way through stuff. But otherwise, Season 5 should be starting very, very, very soon. The first few episodes are almost in the can. We're talking Starship Troopers. We are talking the time Marvel Comics declared bankruptcy. We are talking Red Dwarf with both of my partners. And we are talking Doctor Who. So stay tuned. Follow the podcast, follow the links, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you, my friends, for once again joining me on Gardo Goes Geek. Your continued support for this podcast means the absolute world to me, and I am grateful for every single one of you who stays and listens to one of my episodes. It means the absolute world. Now, if you would like to engage more with me uh, or the podcast, we have a Discord community, small but growing, and and we now have commissions open on Ko-Fi. So if there's a topic you would like to see me cover, you can pay me to cover it. All funds will be used for legal purchase of the relevant items where I do not have them. Have a look on the link tree for more information. Until next time, look after yourselves.